I can't meditate. Have you ever said this to yourself? I can't tell you how many times people have said it to me. So if you have, you're not alone. I've been meditating in some form or another for most of my life. And some days I still feel like that. This week, I attended a meditation and Dharma talk with a monk who was ordained when he was 11 years old and travels the world teaching people and leading meditations. And he said he has trouble sometimes. So if you think you can't meditate... Let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the myths around meditating. Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everyone. How you doing? I am doing great, and I am so excited because today we're talking about one of my absolute favorite topics, meditation. I'll talk about it all day. I'll, I'll tell everyone how great it is. Sometimes I feel like it's my answer for everything. Are you sad? Meditate. Confused? Meditate. Stressed? Meditate. Bored? Meditate. And then people say, I want to balance my chakras. I want to find inner peace. I want to be happier. And everyone says I should meditate, but I just can't. I've tried it and I just can't. I think this might be the number one question that people ask me or the thing that they want to discuss. And I'm here to tell you that 100% of people can meditate. Okay, I'll wait a minute while you go through all the reasons in your head that you can't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Listen, I don't use absolutes lightly. So when I say that everyone can meditate if they want to, I mean it. Everyone. But I think that the reason so many of us struggle with it is that we have some stories in our heads about what meditation is. So I want to address some of those stories, those myths, if you will, today. And hopefully it'll help get you to a place where you believe that meditation practice is for you. And if you're a regular meditator, but someone in your life believes these stories, you can offer them these solutions too. And you know how I feel about sharing this information. We change ourselves, we make ourselves the best version possible, and we share with others, and they do the same. And then all of a sudden, we have a calmer, more peaceful, happier world for everyone. Okay, so here goes. Myth number one. Meditation means no thinking. You sit down in lotus pose, take a few deep breaths, and spend 45 minutes not thinking a single thought. Your mind is empty and calm. 
myth, total myth. Brains are incredible at thinking. They do an amazing job with thinking and they love to think. It's their whole purpose in life. So if you take away any outside stimulus, sights or sounds, they'll bring up the to think about list that they've been keeping quiet for just such a moment. It can be mundane, right? It can be a grocery list, things that need to get done at work, a list of clever things you could have said in that conversation last week. It can be an analysis of your past, what your mom said in 1998 that has bothered you ever since then. Or maybe you think, oh, if only I'd gone into corporate law instead of nursing. Or what if I hadn't broken up with that guy? Or maybe your brain immediately jumps to a list of things you wish were different about yourself. Brains think. And here's the biggest meditation secret that I can offer you. Meditation isn't about having no thoughts. It's about learning how not to react to the thoughts you are having. What do I mean by react? A couple of things. You could react by chasing down those thoughts, following them to see where they lead. So you sit down to meditate and you you start to make a grocery list. Uh, And then I realized that I need to buy olive oil. Now, I heard that extra virgin cold-pressed olive oil is healthier, but it's pretty expensive. And maybe if I want to be healthier, I could spend that money on vitamins. And where did I read that article about vitamins? And speaking of articles, I need to read that one my my friend sent me on how there are too many chemicals in my makeup because I was thinking about getting a new lotion, but now I wonder if I should be getting something else. And wait, wait, what was I supposed to be doing? Oh, right. Not thinking. That's chasing a thought. And it happens all the time in life and in meditation. What we practice in meditation is seeing that original thought about olive oil, stepping back from it and letting it go. If you struggle with this, and I'm pretty sure everyone does at least sometimes, uh, this is what I like to do. I like to picture my thoughts as ships on the ocean. I'm sitting on the beach and just watching them go by. Oh, there goes the USS olive oil. I'm not going to chase down a ship. Or some people imagine clouds or bubbles or maybe cars on a highway. The point is that the more we meditate, the easier it is to let these thoughts go. They don't stop. You may have fewer, but they don't stop. We just don't chase them. The other way we can react to our thoughts is with an emotional response. And we have emotional responses to thoughts all the time. So our brains and bodies are really used to it. And it can feel like it's happening to us rather than something that's under our control. So for example, you you think about something someone said, you interpret it, and then you have a feeling about your thought about what they said. You, you can't be having a feeling about the actual comment because that's not happening right now. So you're having a thought about the event and that's creating a feeling. But once again, meditation teaches us to put a little space between the thoughts and our reactions. A moment of separation between things that happen or our thoughts about them and the feelings those thoughts create. And if that space gets big enough, we have time to let go of the thought before we can react emotionally to it, which is great when we're meditating and an incredible skill in life.
Imagine if you could have a breath between what someone says or does and, say, an anger response with our kids, our co-workers, the drivers on the highway. We might be able to react in the way we want to rather than feeling like the circumstance is controlling us. And meditation teaches us how to do this, not by teaching us how to stop thinking or stop feeling, but by opening the moments between events, between the thoughts, the feelings, and the reactions, opening those moments to include other ways of thinking, feeling, and acting that might be more in alignment with who we want to be. What meditation does not expect is that we cease thinking completely. Moments of a clear mind may happen every now and again, and that's beautiful, but it's rare. And the idea that if that's not happening for you, you're not meditating, is probably the biggest myth of meditation. And it leads us right to myth number two. You can be good or bad at meditating. Do you worry that you're bad at meditating? Lots of people do. It goes back in large part to the myth that meditation is not about thinking. If you're thinking, if your mind is racing, you're bad at meditating. And that's simply not true. If you're thinking and your mind is racing, you're a human being with a functioning brain. Congratulations. (laughs) People's minds race more or less, just depending on who they are and temperament and things like that. But more or less racing doesn't make you better or worse at meditating. It might make it more comfortable to get started, but it also might not. I know plenty of people who tell me that their minds don't race, but they certainly wouldn't consider themselves good at meditating. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't think you can be good or bad at meditating at all. You can be more or less practiced at it. Someone who has meditated every day for a year will certainly have more practice than someone who's just starting out today. But I'd be very surprised if that experienced practitioner would say they were really good at meditating. (laughs) I was on a group meditation once, and there were six of us, and we meditated in silence for about 50 minutes. Yeah, five zero minutes. It was a long time. Four people were relative newcomers to meditation, and two of us had been doing it for quite a while. And when we finished, we had a discussion of the experience. I'll never forget one woman who said, I kept hoping I'd hear someone moving so I could move without feeling bad. I knew it wouldn't be Sarah because she's so good at this. And I I literally laughed out loud, not at her, but because for 45 minutes, my brain had been screaming at me, move, this is dumb. I don't want to meditate right now. Why are we doing this? I'm so unhappy. All she could think, sitting next to me, was how she wished she was having my experience with meditation, which, that particular time, was terrible. But because we have this idea that we can be bad at meditation, she thought my experience with the practice must make me good at it. Also, full disclosure, my ego was on full display that day. I knew the expectations for me were high with someone, uh, as someone with experience. So I was hyper aware of my movements and my breathing and what people were thinking of me. So all my experience was pretty useless because it felt like it turned on me. 
even knowing that good and bad can't be applied to the discipline, there I was trying to prove how good I was at meditation. Yeah, brains are fun. (laughs) And the last myth that I want to cover today, myth number three, there is one right way to meditate. There are hundreds of ways to meditate with influences from cultures and religions and practices all over the world. Who is to say which one is the best? Practitioners of each one will tell you, maybe, that theirs is the best. But I think that might just mean that they found the one that's best for them. Some people will tell you that the only way to meditate is in perfect silence. Other people swear by guided meditations. I mean, there's body scan, a reflection, visualization, vipassana, transcendental, chakra, loving kindness, and so, so many more. And you can combine them. I use a lot of guided visualizations on this podcast. In my experience, that's a great starting place for a lot of people, but maybe that's not for you. But here's the problem. A lot of us get very attached to our particular way of meditating. We find something we love and then make it our mission to force it on as many people as possible. And that's kind of silly because like so many things in life, meditation isn't one size fits all. And just because one type of meditation is working for you and you're enjoying it right now doesn't mean that you have to stay with it forever. But more than that, it goes back to myth number one. Maybe you haven't enjoyed your meditation practice yet because you haven't found a style that works for you. Instead of insisting to yourself that you sit in silence for 20 minutes, maybe visualizing would help, or music, or any of the other many, many types of meditation that are available. Most people who are telling you the right way to meditate are truly trying to be helpful. They have found something so powerful and wonderful that they can't wait to share it with you. But that leads to a lot of people thinking that they can't do it or that they don't like it when the problem might just be that this particular style of meditation doesn't suit them right now. Personally, I use several different kinds of meditation every week. Some days I might just sit in the quiet and focus on my breath. Other times I might use a visualization. Other times I'll take myself through a chakra meditation you absolutely can make it as structured or unstructured as you like, especially if you're new and experimenting. And meditation may or may not get easier over time. Some days will feel great. Others, every minute will feel like a chore. But in my experience, every session will be a part of a greater life lesson, even if we can't see it in the moment. Try to develop patience with yourself, offer yourself some grace, and try to frame your meditation time as a gift, something that you get to do rather than have to do. The benefits and the rewards are really, really worth it. I have a few more myths about meditation that I want to address, but I think we'll stop for now and give ourselves time to process all of this. Uh, I'll do a part two another time, but if you have any questions about meditation, you can always reach out to me on Facebook and Instagram, and I'll get back to you. Just search for Your Chakra Coach or follow the link in the show notes. 
And as always, if you are getting value out of this show and you'd like to support my efforts and work to make it, you can do so on the Patreon page. There's a link to that in the show notes as well. And please remember to spread the word about the show to your friends and family who might also get value from it. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you again soon. Bye.